Welcome to the Life Pro Podcast, where today I have the pleasure of having Preeti, who is a conscious dating and relationship coach. Today's topic is intentional dating, which, uh, you know, it's been a long time since I've been dating, but, you know, I, I imagine it's evolved tremendously. But before we get into the topic, Preeti, why don't you tell yourself, tell everybody about yourself and your journey? Yeah, so first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's certainly a pleasure to be here with you today. And so, yeah, so my journey as a coach, um, so I was doing something else before coaching. I was actually working in a dental office um, for a nonprofit company, a dental company prior to COVID. And just mm -hmm. like a lot of people got stopped in their tracks when the pandemic hit and we had the shutdown, so was I. And so there was all this like time to account for. We didn't know when we were going to get called back in and all that. And um, I'm someone who loves to learn. So I was always like, you know, I had all this time. So I'm like looking for new things to do, hobbies that I need to get back to. And it was during this time that coaching kind of fell into my lap <laughs> in the way that like literally like um, the ad for the Jay Shetty Certification School just came across the screen one day. And I was already a follower of Jay Shetty and his work. And I already was very fond of the stuff that he was doing. So I was curious, yeah. you know, I was curious about it, learned about what coaching was. To my surprise, it wasn't what I thought it was. Um, especially facilitative coaching, because if you would have asked me back then what was coaching, I would have said like a tennis coach. Like I didn't really know much about it. So I was intrigued. And at, at that point, I didn't really have any expectations other than let me just, you know, do some personal growth work because I was someone who was actually interested in. I read a lot of personal growth books. And so this was something that I was interested in doing. I'm like, hey, I have the time. So I did it. And um what happened was I wound up loving it. Um, I actually, when we started coaching each other in the school, I started seeing like, this is something I truly enjoy actually doing. And I saw like another path sort of emerging for me. And well, dating, why did I choose dating coaching? It's because um, it was definitely something that I was always super like curious Thanks. about. Um, being someone who I had my own dating challenges, um, I had friends who were like, you know, successful professionals and like on paper, everything was great. But then the relationship side of life was not happening. Um, I would go to networking singles events and I would see like, you know, I would when I wasn't talking to people, I would people watch in between just to understand. Like I was always very curious. I'm like, why is it that some people get so easily into relationships? And why is it that some people are having such a difficult time? If I got together with my friends on brunches, what do you think we were talking about? Every almost every single time it would be like our dating lives and what's going right and what's not going right. So when I had to ask myself, what is this niche that I want to get myself in? Like this burning desire to know more about this and dig deeper was like the path that I chose because I just, I was so curious about it. Yeah. So that's how I started the whole dating journey. So you mentioned like you started observing other people and how they interact and their body language. Is that the essence of conscious dating? Just being very like present and observing or or what what is the definition of conscious dating? Yeah, I love that. So that's part of it too. It's like, but more so of like, you know, sometimes we, when we date, we're kind of following a life script that tells us that you go to school, after school, you get a job, then you find the person, then you get married, then you have babies and you're so engrossed in like mm -hmm. trying to fit that, you know, blueprint that we've been given that we don't actually know what we're looking for when we're dating. And like conscious dating is really taking that time to slow down, knowing who you are, knowing your values 
knowing what is the purpose, like, why am I looking for a relationship right now in my life? What is my intention? Am I looking for a marriage? Like just being very clear with yourself, um, knowing what you're okay with, not what you're not okay with, and then being able to articulate that in an assertive manner or basically set your boundaries is kind of what falls under the umbrella of conscious dating. Right. So how does, how does that evolved from, you know, people dating in their twenties to their thirties and forties? How does that, how does that change? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. So, you know, what's really interesting. So I'm going to go way back. So like, if you, you know, if you look at, I think when people first start getting curious about each other in their teenage years, right. I mean, I, I don't know if you can remember this, but like when we were probably like in kindergarten or first grade, it was like, girls are from Mars. I mean, girls are from Venus, guys are from Mars. Right, <laughs> they were like, right. absolutely, you know? And then all of a sudden, like, you know, you get to the age of like puberty and there's a curiosity that develops and you want to like explore the other opposite sex and people start forming like girlfriends and boyfriends for the very first time. But I like at that point in time, you're not thinking long-term relationship. You're just in the mode of like exploration, curiosity, discovery. Yeah. And I think like, when you move into your 20s, there is a more of like, um, there's more of an intention to look for like somebody potential, but it's like, you have like this bright future ahead of you. And you're like, very flexible, because you are not settled in any kind of job yet, you're still figuring your life out, you're still figuring your career out. So there's so much like life seems to be full of so many possibilities, the pool is large because there's a lot of people that are single and also looking and they have all this like energy, right? And I think like once you're in your 30s and 40s, like you do have a smaller pool um, because you notice that as you as you get older, like a lot of people have started settling down, some have kids, but you're also more like aware of what you want. Um, you are, most people at this point are settled in some kind of career. So they kind of, they have, they know where they kind of stand and they know what's going to fit into their life. They know exactly what they're looking for and what's going to work and what's not going to work. So they get, they get, they're getting more aware um, instead of kind of just going kind of on a whim. So this is the changes that I see developing through the life of somebody. Yeah. And so, you know, when I was dating many, many years ago, um, there these dating apps were not around. We we had to meet people either at parties or, you know, conventional yeah. ways where we introduced get introduced to people. Uh, how has how has that you know how has dating, uh, evolved through the years uh, with this introduction of these uh, apps? It has actually evolved a lot. So I was doing some research myself, and what it shows is that especially now, like after the pandemic, like online dating has become like number one. Like it's the most, and I think that, I think the pandemic fast forwarded that because when we were in the lockdown or we couldn't go out, like everything was literally at our fingertips. Um, also, I also think that's because, you know, if you think about how things are today with Instagram and like Uber Eats and like ordering food, everything is so fast and instant, instant right? So I can find yeah. someone instantly from my phone, right? So this has become something that's popular. Um, so today, like it's, Online dating is like probably number one, then bars and restaurants, followed by through friends. And then at work, it's like maybe like all more on the bottom, which is which contrasts to what was going on back in like 1995, 2000, where number one was through friends. Like you would meet people through friends. They can introduce you, then bars and restaurants, then possibly workplaces, school, um, right. Right. and then last because online was not so developed back then online was the last one and I think like even before like in the mm -hmm. old days like I think people would just have their villages or their community 
was kind of their pool, like people who knew people who knew people like in their family yeah, friends yeah. was really how they connected. But that has come like now you have literally the world at your fingertips. So it's like it's changed a lot. And I think. Yeah. So most of my friends are uh, married. I, I have a couple that are still dating. And, you know, going back to your point, I feel like. You know, when we were dating, there was less of a pool. We had less choices. So we it was who it was more out of convenience who you met or you were introduced to. Now I feel be, with the introduction of dating apps, they have more choices and it's harder to make decisions and settle down because you kind of get, you know, grass, grass is always greener on the other side when you see all these other things. Um, so how do we, you know, what's, what advice do you have for your clients that have that problem where it's like, you know, too many choices. Yeah. And it can feel overwhelming sometimes. And I, first thing I would say is that, um, let go of trying to find the perfect person. There's no such thing. Mm -hmm. Um, there, you know, it, it's not that there's one soulmate out there for you. It's like you find somebody that, you know, you feel that you have a connection with that you're compatible with, you get to know them. And I, even though they're dating apps, I do see a lot of people still selecting people that are in closer proximity so they can easily meet up. Uh, that's not to say that long distance relationships also happen, but people generally do tend to pick up people that they can access easily. Right. So um, even though there's dating apps, you get to see more of what's in your area, which is a plus. But I would just say, like, just let, like, you know, you have to kind of let go of this feeling of like, what if, you know, this is not the one, there's someone else there and there's someone else there. And there's always going to be a someone else if you think there's this never ending pool. So it's really kind of just being honest with yourself and seeing like, well, what do I really need for myself? And just getting to know the person who you decide to go with and seeing where it is and just being very disciplined in how you go about it, I would say, because it's very yeah. easy to get lost in that web of like hundreds and hundreds of choices. Yeah. I think that the most important thing is in a relationship uh, to be with somebody that allows you to be your authentic self, be your true self, that you don't have to really change your ways. You you know, you have your own opinions and they respect you and and you can live your life. Uh, and from my experience, when you're in the right relationship, everything just comes easy. Uh, there's no struggles. You know, obviously, all relationships have barriers and, and things to overcome, but um, you can easily get past those. So it, it's, you know, it goes back to we had an episode about intuition. I think that's a big part of it is just listening to that voice inside telling you, you know, this feels right. Even with, you know, even with minor problems, it's normal to have minor problems, just to listen to intuition and, and just do what feels right. Um, I do. I, I, you know, I, I have some friends that use an excuse that they're not established in their career, uh, that they want to make sure that their career comes first before they settle down. Um is that something that you come across with your clients and what is your, what is your perspective yeah. on that issue? Yeah. So I've heard that one many times and you know what, it's like, uh, I think it's not, it's not something that fits into like a box. It's like, it's an individualistic, like you have to see where the person is coming mm -hmm. from. If you're somebody who has this, you have a plan in your mind, like you're okay. Like I, I graduated, um, I'm going to land my first job. And as soon as I get that job and I'm like settled in within a month or two, I'm going to start dating and you stick to that plan. Fine. You've made yourself a plan. Like I'm no one's going to, you know, yeah. you're, you have something set for you, but the problem comes when it's somebody who keeps making excuses like that. I'm not ready syndrome where like, Oh wait, let me wait till I get to the promotion. Let me wait till this. Then, yeah. then there's something deeper going on that needs to be probed into. Like it could be 
uh, it could be that someone is uh, scared of commitment. It could be that someone has some issue with a sense of self-worth. Like, you know, this, there's something more going on that I'm not ready that has to be dealt with accordingly. Like you have to probe deeper. Um, the second thing that uh, is, is kind of like a myth is that this belief that if I get into a relationship, um, I won't be successful. Or even sometimes, you know, I think, I think this has to do with perspective because, um, again, like you have to ask the individual, like, why do they believe a relationship is going to get the way yep. they feel like they're going to pull the full weight of this relationship, right? Yeah. Um, if you've been in a relationship that's codependent before, that you know you were with someone who maybe sucked the life out of you, or you might you might come from an experience of like, I won't be able to do anything. Uh, in terms of my career and my purpose. But the other perspective to think about is that the right healthy person for you will actually be like a support system. Yeah. Can actually help you get further where you need to. But this is all involves like proper communication, proper discussion of what to expect. Like, you know, this is what I'm looking to do. And, you know, both of you, like you both might have things that you have um, planned to do. So how can you support each other and come together as a power team? Yeah. yeah, actually can help you because sometimes, you know, when you're like, for example, you're doing entrepreneurship, right? It can be a lonely journey. It can be difficult. But when you have someone at the side that's like on board with you, it's nice to have that someone to come home to and like, yeah. you know, yeah. even brainstorm with you. Who knows how they can support you, but it can actually be like a power team. So I want to yeah. like, you know, really ask yourself, like when you're when someone is afraid that something is going to a relationship is going to hold them back. How true really is that? Yeah, I 100% agree with that. You know, if you're with the wrong person, yeah, they'll hold you back. But if you're with the right person, they're just going to add value to every aspect of your life. And your career is no different. Um, so I, I'm a full full proponent of that philosophy. Um, is there, I know that, you know, we all, we're all different. Um, but is, is there a optimal age to get married from your perspective? Yeah, so I'm not someone who's big on numbers because I've seen it all. I've seen people get married in their 20s, in their 30s, in their 40s, yeah. in their 60s for the very first time. So right. I don't want to, again, I don't want to put people in a box and say you have to adhere to this. I think it really depends on your own personal growth journey, where you're at, what you're ready for, what you want from life, your purpose for being in a relationship and your readiness. Like sometimes people are going through things and they have to do the inner work before they feel ready to open up to someone. Some people are just ready to go. So yeah. I don't yeah. think uh, to place any kind of pressure or judgment, but it's just like being honest with yourself, what you're looking for. And if there's anything that's getting in the way, this is kind of what we do in the program, is any kind of resistance to finding love, we kind of uncover that and feel that through to see like, you know, what we're actually dealing with. So I have two things, two things to say to that. You know, from my perspective is you have to meet the right person at the right time. You know, like I've seen it happen. I've seen meeting the right person at the wrong time. And I've seen, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, meeting the wrong person at the right time. And, you know, that that has a lot to do with it. Um, I, I think also kids is a big proponent, a big decision for me, uh, you know, when giving advice to other people is uh, obviously being fer fertile. You know, I, I see a lot of people that have issues um, getting pregnant at a, at a later age. And also, um, you know, having the energy, like I'm in my forties, I have three young children. It's hard. It's hard to keep up. You know, it's hard to have that, um, energy, um, to, to give them the, the attention that they need so that, I mean, that's another factor that you need to really think as far as like, 
when you're conscious dating or your intentions, it's yeah. like, well, you know, Definitely. I want to be able to, you know, if that aligns with your interests, not everybody wants to have kids, but. Yeah. And that's, that's where, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that's where, like, when you say the right time, I think the time falls under like a larger umbrella of compatibility. And this is right. what we mean by compatibility. Like, do you have like your long-term visions and goals? Are they aligned? Like yeah. is one person of one kids, another person doesn't want kids. Do you see, like, is one person telling you I'm not interested in marriage and the other one saying, I am interested in marriage. You're not really compatible. So you're looking for different things. Now, having said that, um, I have seen like within my own circle of people, friends that I've also known, I've seen people who met like at one point in, a, in their life and it, didn't quite take the relationship didn't happen and then you fast forward for one of them it was like three years later the other one's five years later and I forgot the other one but they somehow life brought them back together again and this time the relationship took off and they're married yeah. so yeah. The, again it's like the timing like and there are things I think to go deeper within just the time like maybe at that point in time you weren't ready for whatever reason or it could be that, you know, we're not the same people we were five years ago. We also grow our preferences, preferences change. We become maybe more open as we become more wiser. So what maybe was not okay before, or you realize that, you know, this is not really that important. You've changed as a person. And now when you come together later, you might actually be a match now. So there's so many things that can come into play and reasons why, you know, so I, I feel like time is definitely a thing, but it's it's, it's more like a, it falls under the category of, of compatibility. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that hundred percent. Um, so one other thing I'd like to talk about, um, you know, let's say you're dating right now and you, you, you feel like you found the right person. Um, you know, there's things that you don't think about when you're deciding to get married and that you find out long, you know, later on in life, what suggestions you have for people, you know, to either see, seek a counselor or you know talk to a marriage counselor you know i think it's 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 taboo for a lot of people it's like oh we don't have problems we shouldn't see a marriage counselor but as a married person you know i think it's a great idea to see a you know a therapist and just kind of like you know talk about the things that you don't even know that yeah. experienced counselor or therapist can can provide that insight and then the help prevent issues in the future yeah, and I, I think, like, first of all, I mean, I think the whole area of mental health has been slowly opening up. Like, it, it has been taboo. Like, you know, it's definitely in some cultures also. Yeah. I see it everywhere slowly coming, becoming more mainstream. But I think the important question is that if you're dating right now and um, if you notice a pattern, like some the same unwanted result keeps happening to you and you can't for the life of you figure out, like, what's going on, but you're, you, you know, there's a blind spot, right? This is where like someone like a coach can help you out or if there's something maybe even deeper in your childhood that's causing this kind of thing to happen, you might want to seek therapy for something like that um, and be open to it because it's, you know, it, it's completely like the things that we cannot see. This is why, you know, a coach is a coach. The things we cannot see, we have to seek help for. If you broke your arm, you go see somebody to fix that arm, right? Yeah. 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 So if something, if something is, is not there and you're having trouble and you can, there's no shame in that, right? It's just what is going to help you get from your A to B. Right. And if, 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 if I may, like what to help people, what to look out for, like some things that I see that people make mistakes with when they're dating is that, um, first of all, there's early on, there's a lot of game playing, which does not like have any basis anymore because it's very inauthentic. 
um people think that like if they're unavailable they show up as unavailable it's gonna like get the other person to chase them and that may work in the very early stages it's not gonna it's not gonna cause or it's not gonna result in a long-term sustainable relationship so I would advise against that um second thing is people put too much emphasis on chemistry that's one of the biggest mistakes I see is they think that if they feel chemistry or know the spark, whatever you want to call it, like that's the person for me. They don't look at anything else, but they're looking for the sensation in their body, which tells them, oh, this is the one. And this is a thing that if you're not careful and if you only base it on chemistry, you might wind down a path where you wind up with someone who's, you know, gets the the hormone that gets the chemicals stirring in you, but is unhealthy, could be toxic, right? So you have to search for compatibility, um, what kind of character is this person? Like you have to look further, deeper than just the chemistry. Um, there's sometimes the people they rush, they get they want to move too fast, and I would say that you want to slow down. This part of conscious dating is to slow down in order to speed up. Like take your time to get to know the person. Um, this might be a little bit of a touchy subject, but like you know, there's research research now that shows that um, you might want to try to emotionally connect with somebody first before getting physical because especially more for women than men, once you actually get physical, once you have like sex, um, what happens is that there's certain feel-good hormones that get released that you can't control like dopamine, oxytocin. Women have more oxytocin than men. So they get this attachment form much quicker than men. And if you're now feeling this kind of attachment for someone that you know nothing about, you're at like odds with yourself because your body's craving this person, like you want more because, but then all the red flags are in front of you and your mind is saying something else. And this is one of the things that causes people to miss the red flags is because they're going solely on the feeling, on the compulsion to want, you know, it's almost like a love, sorry, love addiction to see someone again. Mm -hmm. And this is where you can use this information. Like some people are unaware of this. So you can use this information now to be aware and make an informed decision before you, if you notice that you keep getting into these like, you know, stormy, tumultuous things that heated up passion and just end if that's your pattern you might want to just slow down and just go slow um with this new information that's how you can use it just being aware before you decide to make a choice again consciously decide like do i want to go this route or do i want to slow things down that's where you can use it i love it i think there's a lot of solid gold information there that you know i think getting physical obviously clouds our judgment for on both sides but men and women um is there you know you know, I think that there's a lot of important things that we talk, talked about as far as, you know, when you're intentionally dating for marriage, um, like, you know, going down to how many kids, when kids, when you want to, where do you want to live, religious differences, how we're raising kids. For me, I, you know, I think marriage is very easy. I think raising kids is where it gets very difficult. And I think that those are things that when you're dating intentionally for marriage, that you know, really have to get settled and make sure that there's either you're on the same page or there's some form of compromise uh, to avoid problems later down when you're married. Um, so is, I mean, do you give your clients or what suggestions, is there like a checklist that you kind of go through or um, advise I, them to look at? I mean, there's so many things you can talk about. I would just say that the more transparency there is between the two of you and the more real you get about what this relationship is going to look like down the line, 
the more ideas you have about how this is all going to come together, like it, like, you know, there's so many things you could think about. Like I know some couples that have gotten married um, and broken up because this conversation, and you don't always know what's going to come in the future, but this mm -hmm. conversation never came up about like, you know, what if one of us gets a job in another location and has to move? And one person was obviously not okay with leaving where they were. And the other person was more interested in the job opportunity and they literally moved and split. So these are things you have to like see, like if some circumstance like this would pop up, would you be open to relocating? Um, if we had kids, like you were saying, like, um, ooh, like how would we do this together? Like, however you wanna have the conversation, there's no wrong way or right way, but the more you figure out these little kinks ahead of time, like the more you figure out how to adjust better. So it's like this open communication, keeping that open door, I think is very healthy actually. Yeah, I think there's a lot of important topics, you know, that you need to consider. And, you know, our, our advice to people is, you know, just be conscious of conscious of who you're with and look at all the facts. And, you know, love is not all the like what how do I say this? It's not all about love. You know, it's you want the whole package. You want the love, you want the attraction and you want it. And all the, you know, everything else to also kind of work. And that's where you're going to have the most chance of success. And the, the one thing, the one thing I would suggest is that also when you're trying to figure out if someone is right for you, like it's very easy in early dating to see like one angle of a person and get carried away by this one version. Try to see someone as much as you can from a 360 view, like yeah. see them yeah. in their highs, see them in their lows. Um, please, I would, I would hope that you had one or two arguments before you decide to get married. So you see how you handle conflict together. Like, let this not be like some first time thing after marriage. And now it's like, you know, you 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 can see like how the person is, what they're, to, are, are they toxic in, in these kind of situations? Like, do they not let you voice yourself? Do they come down hard on you? Are they derogatory? Or, you know, are they like safe to be with? Do you feel like you can open up to them? Because if you don't have that like initial argument or conflict, you don't actually know, right? Because they're going to happen. All relationships have their arguments, but you need to understand like, how you both deal with this. It's, and it's okay. Some people need to like have some quiet time when something, you know, when a major conflict uh, happens, they need to have some time to think to themselves, which is fine. There's some people who want to like deal with it right away. So it's like, no, like having this open communication of this is what, when the conflict happens, I need, I need this, I need this. Well, what is this middle ground? Like, how can we do this in a more constructive way? Because always remember conflict is not one person versus the other. It's like the, it's you guys versus the problem, right? But sometimes we all get into each other's throats. Like we forget we, it becomes a battle as one versus the other. It's not. It's like the actual issue is whatever the problem is. And then how can we come together as a team to make this work? Yeah, that's yeah. right. How, and one question for you is how much, how important is it to look at um, their own family life, their parents' relationship or their parents, how their parents act towards them? and also who they choose as their friends as an indication of who you're getting yeah. involved with. It's super important because a lot of the times, like who, you know, how, um, like our caregivers and the relationships that they had with each other, what they modeled for us is kind of what we learn to be like the right kind of relationship because we don't know, we're just watching what's right in front of us. So in your environment, like if you're around a lot of friends who are just getting like divorces all the time or, people getting into toxic relationships, you're going to have a very bad idea of what a relationship is. And you're not going to like the idea of even a healthy one is not even something in your vision right now because you haven't seen it. 
So I think that that plays a major role. And if if you're someone who's not had a very like healthy ideal role model growing up of a health of a, what a relationship can look like, you need to for I, I think this is a great time to actually go work with a coach or a therapist or somebody to like help you uncover those you know peel that onion off to see like the layers of the onions to see like your view of the world and like how you can actually see it and then help you rewire yourself to a new way of doing relationships because that is actually very difficult to do by yourself um, when you have years and years and years worth of conditioning that have taught you otherwise your support system, who you're surrounding yourself with, try to find more people that are in successful, happy marriages or relationships so that now you're seeing something else than always just seeing the negative. So be sure your surroundings support the direction that you're wanting, that you want to go in also. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, that happens very common is, you know, you know, as, as divorce becomes more prevalent, um, you know, it's affecting the children's relationships because they, you know, their their fear they have their fear of failure. If they see their parents' relationship didn't work out, um, they're afraid that they're going to get into the same type of situation. So it's important to rewire yourself and work with a blank canvas and have an open mind. Um, and you know, it just it it maybe it, it affords the opportunity to be a little bit more cautious about who you settle down with. But you know, uh, there I'm a firm believer. There's uh, somebody for everybody and it's just a matter of, of of keeping your options open and just putting yourself out there and vulnerable to to get into a relationship and then when you find the right person at the right time then you know uh it's it's meant to be um so the life pro podcast is in place you know i i i like to say that everything life comes with a manual except for life itself and you know i, I appreciate the conversation we had today i learned a lot um, one thing that I ask everybody is what's one thing you want to teach the word world. So I ask you, what is one thing, what is your mission to teach the world? Yeah. So behind this dating stuff is, um, I want to help people connect on a deeper level. There's something, especially in dating, there's a lot of like superficiality stuff that's going on. I've sometimes had clients who like, you know, four or five months on the road. I'm like, do you feel like the, the relationship is progressing? Do you know this person any more than you did a few months back? And they're just kind of like, no, <laughs> feel like because they're always just talking about how was your day and how was your this and they don't go deeper. So like um, establishing like deeper connections is kind of like so that you're not like in a relationship where you don't feel seen and heard. Like you know, um, there was a quote by Robin Williams. I I don't I'm gonna paraphrase because I don't remember how it is, but it was kind of like he was saying that I used to think the worst thing was being alone, but it's the worst is actually being around people who make you feel alone. And there's yeah. interesting statistics that show, like, this was from, if you don't mind me sharing this, this is from 2018 Intimacy in America report, like 21% of people in 2018 in America believe that they have no one in their lives with whom they can be authentically 100% themselves with. 29% are not satisfied with their abilities to open up to people um, who they enjoy being with. So they enjoy being with these people, but they, they can't still open up. And 46% admitted to sabotaging their relationships to avoid intimate connection. So there's some kind of intimacy issue in like being vulnerable mm -hmm. there. So it's like, I want to help people break through these barriers so they can feel seen, feel heard. They feel like they belong where they, you know, in their most intimate relationships, the person that you're waking up to next day every morning. I mean, I couldn't imagine like the suffering of someone who's in something and they just feel like they're just like, they're behind a glass shield 
and they're not being seen. So I want to help people just really cultivate that. And for the people who also believe that, you know, having a healthy, loving, meaningful relationship is impossible because maybe of their previous life experiences to see possibility, to have that mindset shift, you know, to see that what can actually happen for you. So those are the two things that I'm um, helping uh, my clients with one by one and like one by one slowly helping the world, I guess. I love that. I love that. I think that we can seek deeper relationships with ourselves, with our friends and our spouses. I think deeper relationships with everybody help us improve the quality of our lives. And I think uh, being cautious and having that mindset uh, does help, you know, every aspect, including career, help us flourish. Communication is key and proper communication uh, you know, and setting the proper time to to communicate with your spouse to build that relationship is important, and it, and it works. You know, two it's a two way street. So, uh, I love everything you said. Was there? I know you mentioned Jay Shetty. You know, uh, Think Like a Monk is one of my favorite books. I, you know, I I love everything about it. I I follow Jay Shetty. I think he's great. Um, is there? You know, I imagine you're going to say Jay Shetty also. Is there a book that had a major influence on your life? Yeah. So there's more than one. And definitely Jay Shetty's Think Like a Monk was something that was uh, impactful for me, especially because it came during the pandemic. I had gone through a certification school. So the wisdom from that book, the insights from that book and the coaching literally put me on a different path, which is what I'm on now. But there's another book I also want to mention that got me they literally introduced me to the personal growth world back in 2008. And that was actually The Secret by Rhonda Byrne. And I, I absolutely love that book because I was in a, I was in a situation at that point in my life where I felt like there were dark clouds wherever I went, like it felt like it was raining on me where I, where I was going. And I was in this mindset of like, you know, why does this keep happening to me? Like, I just thought this is the way it is. It was the first time ever when I read that book that I even understood or heard of the concept of law of attraction. I didn't know what that was. And when I understood it, it was like a light bulb went off like, oh my God, I do have some say in what occurs around me. I have, I can't control everything, but my energy itself is kind of calling into the things, into my experience. So this was an eye-opening thing for me that I was like, oh my God, there is a way. <laughs> you know, it just, and then from there, like I got more, like I started reading more personal growth books, more spiritual books. Um, it just, I literally went from like a, a, a part of my life where I was reading fiction to non-fiction, like nonstop. <laughs> So that really marked the birth of that phase of my life. So I can't ignore that book. It yeah. Was, was and I, th I think you make a very good point. Like in order to have a successful relationship with somebody else, you have to have a great relationship with you. You have to be in the right positive mindset yeah. and you have to, you know, you have to really manifest what you want. Yeah. And I, I want to say, say something like, so when I learned about the law of attraction is it's, it was, it was great. And I was able to manifest like some quick, easy things for also like the cup of coffee, a free bus ride, a free train ticket, like these things were happening, but for like to have sustained manifestation, like for something to work, like the part that I would say that um, the gap that the thing that I was missing that I didn't understand was you have to do the inner work because the inner work is what's going to help you to let go of whatever is keeping you on a lower vibration, vibration, sorry. So when you're able to lower, um, get rid of those things and then lift yourself to a higher place, that's when it becomes easier to actually manifest. But if you don't do like the inner work, um, if you are trying to manifest, but then also at the same time, feel like you're not worthy of something, it's gonna clash. Like you're not gonna actually be able to manifest as well. You might bring something to your life, but it's not gonna be sustainable. Um, so because energies like like attracts like, 
So this is something that I learned across the way. So this is why it's so important to also do the inner work in order to be able to manifest more successfully in your life. Yeah, I love that. So um, how do people get in touch with you if they want to work with you and be part of your program um, or even follow you? How, how do people do that? The best place to find me is Instagram, like literally on there a lot. Like it's the platform of my choice. I'm on LinkedIn and other things, but like um, I think I'm, you know, addressing DMs on there more than I am my own text messaging <laughs> sometimes. So yeah. Yeah. on Instagram, um, my my handle is at bestselfforward.pm. And if you're interested in working with me, DM me and we'll go from there. And if you're just interested in finding more about me and my content, then just follow me on there. I loved our t topic today. I had a lot of fun. It's very interesting. I think you're doing God's work really to help people like connect and build relationships. Uh, you know, uh, I think really commend you for everything that you do. I think obviously life, you know, for people, uh, a good relationships like restarts their lives and improves their lives so much and being conscious and intentional dating um, at the right person at the right time, I think is, is magical and really can transform. I know for my relationship, you know, my life has continues to improve my, my wife and kids are everything for me. Um, and you know, it's some people equate, you know, marriage to like end of life and, you know, have that attitude with it's a, it's a different life and it, it's, it's, it's better in many ways, you know, obviously challenging, having a relationship is challenging. Having kids is challenging. But all I say is it's worth it. It's worth it. I, so. I love what you just said, because right there, it was like a, a perspective, a mindset perspective. Like, are you are you visualizing marriage as doomsday or are you seeing it as the beginning of an adventure of possibilities? Right. A new life. It is going to determine your whole attitude going into this thing. So right. I love I love that you said that. Yeah, it's a new life. And uh, hopefully we know we're impacting a few lives here during this call uh, and during this uh, podcast. And I know that, uh, you know, a lot of people will take a lot of what you said and and hopefully evolve whether they choose to work with you or not. I'm sure you've impacted some lives here. So I thank you for that. And thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, I hope we, we can connect again in the future. as well. Yeah, we'll have to do another another podcast sometime. I uh Ask everybody to like, follow, and share, and help us spread the word. Take care.